Well, we are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord today. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sin. And when he came out of the tomb, he won our victory. I like what he says in Revelation 1.18. He says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. I tell you, our Savior won our victory. We need to realize this morning that he made the way for us to have a relationship with God. He reconciled us to the Father. He paid the price and he won the victory so that we might know God personally. That's the most important thing in this life is that you know him personally. Listen to what the Lord says in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength. Or the rich man boast of his riches. Let me just stop right here for a moment. These are three of the most common brags that people have. Some of the most common things that people desire or pursue after in their life. They want to have wisdom. They want to be smart. They want to have a high IQ. They want to be educated. They want to be smarter than everybody. They'll be the smartest person in the room. You know, I had a friend one time... And uh, he, he had been pretty successful in business, and he moved to Oklahoma. And he told me, he said, one of the things that I like about Oklahoma, he says, when I drive across that border in Oklahoma, he says, I know I'm the smartest person here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we like to brag about that. We like to brag about how strong we are. You know, for all men, pretty much, I mean, one way or another, whether it's physical strength or strength of fortitude, however, we like to think of ourselves as strong in some way. You know, I figured out that as long as I strain when I do something, my wife will always say, you're so strong. (laughs) I think she's playing me. You know, that's how she gets me to carry everything, you know. You're so strong. But we like to brag. We like to think of ourselves as being strong. And then he talks about the rich man boasting in his riches. I I don't know if we would phrase it that way, but you know what? We like to think of ourselves as successful. We like to think of ourselves as, you know, being able in some way to achieve and to accomplish. But the Lord says, don't brag about these things. Don't boast about these things. Instead, listen to this. Let him who boasts... Boast about this, that he understands and knows me. Here's the one thing that we ought to brag about, is that we know God, that we have a relationship with him, that we're close to him, and we know him. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on earth, For in these I delight, declares the Lord. There's so many people in this world that don't really know Him. And we, as the children of God, if we know the Lord, we need to be telling other people. We need to boast in this, that we know the Lord, we understand the Lord. And here's some things that we ought to be saying about the Lord. Get this now. He says that I exercise kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. I want to tell you, that's, those are some things that a lot of people in this world don't know about God. We need to be telling people about the God that we know. 
Oh, how they need to hear about this God. They need to know that you have a personal relationship with God, that you know Him personally. It's not enough to just know about the Lord. That's not at all what I'm talking about, right? No, I'm talking about knowing Him. I'm talking about a relationship. That's what we should always desire every day in our life is to truly know Him, to walk with Him and talk with Him. But in this world, there's so many that don't really have an idea. They don't really have a clue about who God is. And they have all kinds of misconceptions and they make negative judgments about God because they don't really know Him. But for us... We need to know this, that our relationship with God is the most important thing in this life. You know, there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians and yet don't really know the Lord. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Now, get this. These religious people, they're doing all kinds of religious things and they're even doing them in his name. But he says... I will tell them, depart from me, because I never knew you. They didn't have that relationship. They didn't really know him. It was just a religious thing. And you see, religion sometimes becomes a substitute for relationship. You can follow the rules and you can have a form of religion and go through the motions. But what really matters is the relationship. It's whether or not you know Him. It's not just a matter of, you know, this system and follow these steps and this is the way we do it. I remember when I first got saved, I didn't, I didn't know which church I was going to go to, but I remember this one does it this way and this one has this form and this one that. But it's, it's just kind of strange how all these different uh, denominations have their own little system, their own little rules, their own little patterns. But here's what really matters is our relationship with God, that we know Him personally, that we know Him intimately. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying, and He says this in verse 3, and I find this really profound. We need to get this down in our heart today and live this every day. Jesus says, this is eternal life. Here's the definition of, et of eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, a lot of people would de define eternal life as, well, you're going to live forever. Well, I've got to tell you, everybody's going to live forever somewhere. Eternal life is not eternal existence. And eternal life is not even just Go into heaven. You go to heaven because you have eternal life. Eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. But it doesn't just say to know God. It says to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. See, 
we need to realize how important it is to know the only true God. To know Him. To know Him personally, to know Him intimately. You know, when you talk about knowing somebody, we use that term in a lot of different ways. You know, it could be somebody that we just know of. It can be somebody that maybe we know as in we've met them. It could be somebody that we know, they're, they're an acquaintance, you know, we, we know them on a casual basis. And a lot of people know God that way. They've met him, they've talked to him. Once in a while they talk to him, they know him on a casual basis. But then there are those people in our life that we know really well. People maybe we know intimately. That we know what they're thinking sometimes. We know how they are. We know when they're happy, and we know when they're upset. Now see, I've been married for over 39 years now, and uh, you will never know if Carmen is mad. If she is angry at you, you won't ever know. I can tell you, because I can see the little glint in her eye. I know her. But I'm just telling you, you see, when we're intimate with the Lord, we really know Him, we're not talking about this casual relationship with God. We're talking about really knowing Him where we learn who He is and what He's like. We know what makes Him happy. We know what grieves Him and upsets Him. We know oftentimes what God wants to do. Know Him. To know who he is, to know his ways. See, the Bible talks about how the children of Israel, they saw God's deeds. But it says that Moses knew his ways. And we want more than just to see what God does. We want to know how he is and who he is. To know him personally that way. Know him intimately. Eternal life. It is knowing him. Knowing him personally. You know, the Apostle Paul, after Decades of ministry, traveling, starting churches everywhere, seeing the sick healed and demon-possessed people set free and even the dead raised, all kinds of miracles happening. And after all of these years of ministry, he says this, he writes this in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. I'm going to read it from the NIV. He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now here's a man that really wants to know God. He says everything else is worthless to me compared to knowing Christ. Oh, that we would have that heart. That we would get to that place that truly the most important thing, I didn't say the only thing in your life, but the most important thing in your life was to know God. To have that kind of passion. He said, I just count everything else as rubbish, worthless, compared to knowing Him. And I want to tell you, that kind of relationship, that kind of intimacy in your life is so powerful. But he goes on in verse 10, he says very plainly, I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. But he says, 
Now listen, we're not talking to somebody who just got born again. We're talking about somebody who's walked with the Lord for years and years and been used of God powerfully, written what we, could, we hold as Scripture. And he says, I want to know Christ. And so I challenge you this morning, whether you've never met him or whether you've known him casually or you've been serving the Lord for many years, get that passion in your heart this morning that you want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him more. I want to be closer to him. In Jeremiah 29 and 13 The Lord says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. There's a lot of talk in the church world today about being seeker friendly. But it all has to do with the casual seeker. You don't find God being a casual seeker. You find God when you seek him with all your heart. It can't get there half-heartedly. Oh, no we got to really want Him, seek Him with all your heart. But here's the promise. He says, you'll find me. Oh, we can know Him. We can have that relationship with Him if we really seek Him with all our heart. Some people think they pretty much know what there is to know about God. Some people, I think, get bored with God. Some people question God's character, his justice, his fairness. All of those people have one thing in common. They don't really know him. They don't understand the vastness of an infinite God. They don't understand how awesome he is. See, the person that's not impressed with the Lord, well, they just don't know him very well. Somebody that's bored with their Christian experience, I will tell you, they need to get to know God better. Somebody that thinks they've got... God all figured out. Oh, my goodness. In the last generation or so, scientists made some amazing discoveries where they began to understand a few things about DNA and RNA and about atoms and these kinds of things. But do you know, a hundred years from now, if the Lord tarries, we'll look back on the day and we'll say, wow. Science didn't know anything yet. They were just getting started. I'm talking about creation. We don't even know much about creation. You consider the vastness of the universe, of billions and trillions and trillions of stars, so far-reaching, there are countless galaxies. Scientists just don't even know how far it goes. Let me tell you something. He holds it all in the palm of his hand. We're talking about a God who is so infinite and so awesome, we cannot even imagine. You know, in our generation now, well, we have the Internet. And, you know, you, you can find out. Just ask Google, right? Don't ask God anymore. Just ask Google. But anyway... People are, you know, on the internet. So you could be on the internet every day, all day long, for the rest of your life, and there's no way you could look at all the websites. It is not even a speck in time in God's creation. It's just a little blip. 
How could people think that they know everything that there is to know about an eternal God? You see, we can never know intellectually everything there is to know about God in this life. But we can know Him relationally. We can have a real relationship with Him where we are getting to know Him more and more every day of our life. Romans 11.33, I love this verse. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. See, in this life, there are things we're never going to understand, things that we're never going to know in this life because He is that vast and that awesome. But yet we should desire to know Him every day. One more verse about that, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, the Apostle Paul writes that now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. You see, in heaven, then we'll really know. He says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. There will come a day when we see Him, that we will really, really know Him. But now, we don't know everything there is to know about the Lord. We're just learning. But we should always be, as the Bible says, growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. All of the great men and women of God knew Him intimately. Those that we consider to be great in the Scripture... They all knew him personally. They all had a relationship with him. One of the ones that you find just very early on in Scripture is the man Enoch. And the Bible says that he walked with God and he was not, for God took him. There came a day when God just said, I want you up here with me, and God just took him. Now, some people might think that that means that he died, but Hebrews chapter 11 tells us plainly that he did not see death. No, one day he's walking with God, and all of a sudden God just takes him. You read about people like Abraham, who was called the friend of God. Before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, he said shall I hide the thing that I'm about to do from Abraham? Abraham was so much his friend that God wanted to talk to Abraham about what he was about to do. What a relationship. The Bible tells us that Moses spoke to God face to face as a man with his friend. You read about the great King David and his intimate relationship with the Lord. Here's what I want to say to you about all the great men and women of God. They didn't know God because they were great. They were great because they knew God. The people that know their, their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's what the Bible says. It's in that relationship with God. That's what makes us great. That's how God uses us in this world is because we really know Him. All through the Scripture, we see that. Do we really know Him as our provider, as our healer, our shepherd, our prince of peace? Do we know it just in our heads or do we know it in our heart? You know, in our day and time, and I think especially in the Western world, you know, we, we just kind of think in this logical way and we want, you know, here's your five steps to financial success. 
Here are the keys to receiving your healing. You know, we've got, we've got it all broken down. Do this, this, and this, and then this will happen. Let me tell you what we really need. We need to know him as the provider. We need to know him as the healer. How to grow your faith. Let me tell you how to grow your faith. Get to know the one that your faith is in. You see, when you're really knowing, faith is not a problem. You don't have a problem trusting God when you're really knowing. Oh, that's what we really need is just to know him better. It's amazing how all of the rest of it falls into place. We tell people, you know what, you need to, you need to uh, worship God. Now, if you know him, his worshiping is not a problem. In fact, when we get a fresh revelation of who he is, it, it just causes you to worship. See, if we really know him, serving the Lord, working for the Lord is not a problem. If we really know him, talking about the Lord to others is not a problem. Oh, we just need to know him better. But Jesus said, go back to our key verse, he says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We want to know the true God. Because most people believe in God, but they don't know the true God. So many believe in a false God that's a product of some religion, or they just made up their own version of who God is. Almost everybody that we come in contact with, especially here in the Bible Belt, they believe in God, some generic God. But we've got to tell them about the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Listen to what the Lord says in Isaiah 45 and 22. He says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, For I am God, and there is no other. There is only one God. He says, I am God, and there is no other. You know, with all of the religions of the world, it's not politically correct to say such things. In fact, one of the things that people will say is then they'll say, well, but all these different religions, they're really just worshiping the same God. Oh, no, they're not. Their gods are not at all like our God. Our God is the only one who came and died on a cross to pay the price for our sin so that we could have a relationship with Him. Our God is the only one who is willing to take it all upon Himself. Every other religion of the world, you got... Here's the key. Just be a good person. Follow the rules. Be a good person. Our God is so holy and so righteous that none of us could ever measure up. Not one. That's how holy our God is. Don't dumb down God and act like he's not that holy. He's so holy, none of us, apart from the blood of Jesus, can stand in the presence of God. Not one of us. Nobody. He's the God who saves. Ours is the only God who came and died for our sin. He paid the price himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said in John 14 and 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. That sounds narrow-minded. 
truth is narrow. See, the world says, oh no, truth is flexible. What's true for you might not be true for them. Crazy mixed up world. They don't know which side is up anymore. There's only one way to know God. It's through Jesus Christ, the way that he provided. That's the way to real life. That's the way to eternal life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Acts 4.12 says there is, need, there is salvation. There, he says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Muhammad can't save you, Buddha can't save you, Krishna can't save you. They're all dead and gone, but Jesus is alive and forevermore. Amen? How can we know the true God? How can we know that we really know the one true God? The Scriptures. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed. He said to the Father, He says, Your word is truth. I want to remind you that in John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I want to tell you, if it was, it still is, because He doesn't change. In the Scriptures, we can see who God really is. We find out what He's really like. We can't just make up our own version of God, a pretend God. That's idolatry. We want to know the God of the Bible, not some made-up version. So many times people get deceived or they get misconceptions about who God is because they take one truth about God to the exclusion of all others. They say, well, God is love. And they take that to the exclusion of everything else. Do you realize that the Bible says that God is holy Many, many, many more times than it, it only says God is love twice. Now, there's lots of scriptures that talks about the love of God, but it talks about God being holy all the time. And here's what I'm saying to you we need to understand both. We can't exclude one. Listen, with the, if, the, if He is just love and He's not holy, we don't even need a Savior. And if He's just holy and He doesn't love us, there's no hope for us. We need both. The illustration of this is that, you know, there's a, four blind men. They're going to try to tell what an elephant is like. And so the first blind man, he feels of the elephant's side and he says an elephant is like a wall. The next blind man, he feels of the elephant's trunk and he says an elephant is like a big snake. The next blind man, he feels of the elephant's leg and he says an elephant is like a tree. And the last one, he feels of the elephant's tail and he says an elephant is like a rope. And you see, people do this a lot of times with God. They experience one part of God's character. They understand one thing about God. And they think that's all there is to God. No, we spend our whole lives getting to know this God. There's always more. And we need to keep learning and keep growing and keep understanding Him. 
Don't think that you've got it all figured out. Don't try to put God in a box and just say, well, God is like this. All shallow comparisons. But you know, the devil is smart enough to know one of the best ways to deceive a Christian is to use the Scripture. And so oftentimes, people will take a verse out of context or a phrase and it becomes a, a deception or a misconception. Satan even tried this with Jesus. He quoted Psalms 91 to him. He said, cast yourself down from here, for his angels will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What I'm saying to you is, you need to know the Scriptures. You want to know the one true God? Know the Scriptures. Because I'm telling you, as a pastor, in this day and hour that we live in, like never before, there's so much false teaching and doctrine being taught that is not really sound doctrine. We need to hold to the truth of God's Word. If we want to know the one true God, oh, we need to stay in God's Word. Keep looking to the Scriptures. You know, here's, here's one I've actually heard Christians say, you know, the Bible says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And so... I've heard this actually said. God wants me to be happy. So, that phrase becomes the catch-all for whatever I want. He wants me to be happy, and this will make me happy. It's been used for everything from buying a car you can't afford to getting a divorce. God wants me to be happy. You can get the divorce, and you can buy that car, and it still won't make you happy. Because happy are the people whose God is the Lord. When He's truly your God, that's what that scripture is saying makes you happy, is that He's your God. That's something to be happy about. But oh, how that can be abused. And you see, that's just one little example. There are so many verses of scripture where people start trying to make it say what they want it to say, and they start making God who they want Him to be. Don't get quiet on me. Well, I don't believe in hell. Some people believe in God. They believe in heaven. They just decide, I'm just not going to believe in hell. It's amazing. It's in the Bible. It's all through the Scripture. But they just decide, I don't believe in that. Well, God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Well, He'll let you go there if you reject His Son. If you don't believe in Him. I'm just telling you, but hell is real. Abraham Lincoln was talking with somebody one day. The person just wouldn't listen to him. and Abraham Lincoln said, so... How many legs does a cow have? The man said four. He said, now let's just suppose we call his, his tail a leg also. How many legs does he have now? The man said five. Lincoln said, no, that's where you're wrong. No matter what you call it, he still has four legs. And you know what? That is exactly the kind of logic that a lot of people approach the Scripture with. You can just say whatever you want. In fact, you can twist the Bible into saying all kinds of things. Did you know the Bible says he makes me lie? Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. 
We can pull the Bible out of context and make it say all kinds of things. We want to know the one true God, not a God that we made up, not a God where we twisted Scripture. No, but a God that, who He truly is. You know, in the Old Testament, people worshipped these idols. They would fashion a God for themselves out of some precious metal. Or the Bible says the poor people, though, they would, they would have a God made out of a piece of wood. Part of it they would burn in the fire, and the rest of it they would worship this, this piece of wood. But understand this. It wasn't just about a piece of wood or a piece of metal. They had fashioned a God in their mind, who they wanted this God to be, a God that would bring health to their people, or a God that would bless their harvest, all kinds of weird gods that they came up with. But it, they were gods that they imagined. And it's not that different today, except that we don't have the wood or the gold. And yet people imagine a God in their mind. They imagine God to be who they want Him to be. They fashion themselves a God. It is an idol just as much as if it was a block of wood that you bowed down to. We want to know the true God, not a God of our imagination, who we pretend that He is. And this is, this is kind of the, the attitude of the day. It's just, you know, it's cafeteria-style God. You pick and choose what you want. You know, I like this, but I don't like that. I, this is who I want my God to be. We want a personal relationship with God. But we can't have a personal God. He is who He is. And we want to know Him as He is, this infinite, awesome, amazing God, the one true God. In Romans 1, 20-23, it says, Since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's saying that all men are without excuse because God has revealed Himself in creation. Verse 21, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice this, they became futile in their thoughts. Their thoughts, their thinking was messed up, and then their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise. See, there's a lot of people in our generation that think that they're very intellectual. They, they're highly educated. They think they know a lot. But he says they became fools and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. They take the incorruptible God and they try to change him into the image of corruptible man. And this is being done in our generation more than ever before. Where there are people who claim to be Bible teachers and preachers who will say, we were created in His image. And they're saying this phrase, they're saying, that means exact replica. It does not. It so does not. There is no word study. There is no basis for that whatsoever. It might sound good, it appeals to the pride of man, but we are in no way an exact replica. In fact, 
it is so laughable. Listen, we were created in his image. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. Yes, we were created in his image in that way. But to say that we are an exact replica, my Bible tells me that he is all-powerful. Are you? My Bible tells me that he sees everything. He hears everything. He knows everything. We see, we hear, we know, but we can't even imagine what it would be like to hear everything that everybody's saying all around the world, could we? Wow. And he knows before they even speak it. He says, before a word is on my tongue, you know it all together. That's the vastness, the awesomeness of this infinite God. Do you know what is on the farthest star? No, but he does. He knows everything. He is faithful even when we are not. Can you lie? He can't. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? I want to tell you, his character is flawless. His ways are perfect. Our God is amazing. In Psalm 50 and 21, he says, You thought that I was altogether like you. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 25, he says, To whom shall you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. See, his ways are higher. His thoughts are so much higher than ours. We can't even imagine what it would be like to know what God knows. Even from the very first verse of the Bible, here's what it says. In the beginning, God. He's always been... He is eternal God. Now, He created us to be eternal beings that we're going to live forever. But He's always been. He is the creator. He is the only uncreated. So many ways that He is so different from us and so vast and so awesome. And oh, how wonderful to know this God. But we can only know the true God through the Scripture. And I encourage you, I challenge you to dig into the Scripture. Yes, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. The Apostle Paul writes about it in Ephesians 1.17. It is only by the help of the Holy Spirit that we can truly understand the things of God, the natural man. See, there are a lot of people that, that study the Bible and become theologians, and yet they don't really know God. We're not talking about just having a lot of Bible knowledge, but we're talking about having a, a knowledge that's experiential, that we know Him through that knowledge. And I just encourage you to make it your goal. Listen, to make it your passion. Something, something you can brag about. Here's the one thing you can brag about. I know the Lord. I have a real relationship with God. He walks with me and He talks with me. I know the one and only, the true God. This is eternal life, to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. The eternal God, 
the one that has no beginning and no end, the I am, the Holy One, Almighty God. With Him, there's nothing that is impossible. The Creator of all things, our Father, He is our healer. He's our provider. He's our deliverer. He's our shepherd and our guide. He's the one that sees all and hears all and knows all. He's the judge of all the earth. He's our fortress and our defender. He is our avenger. He is my exceeding great reward. He is faithful. He's the friend that sticks closer than than a brother. He's an all-consuming fire. He's immutable. He's infinite. He's invincible. He's a jealous God. He is the most high God. He is merciful. He is a God of grace. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. No matter where you go, God is already there. He is undefiled. He's untainted. He's undefeated. He's the sovereign ruler of the universe. And he's our strength. He is our refuge, our rock, and our righteousness. I'm telling you, the Bible declares all of these things and so much more about our God. He says, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer. He's the way, the truth, and, the, and life. The only way to the Father. He's the mediator between God and man. He's our high priest. He's our advocate with the Father. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the head of the church, which is his body. He's the vine and he's the victor over death, hell, and the grave. He is the resurrection and the life. I'm telling you, we need to know this God. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to pray, and I want our prayer partners to come.